Jeez, Dad, not the car again. Oh, happens all the time with old Betsy. Have you checked out Carvana yet? They have thousands of cars for under $20,000. But do those thousands of cars have personality like old Betsy? Betsy's held together by tape. And there are raccoons living in the engine. It's a family car. Uh, there are flames on the hood? Ah, custom paint job. No, Dad, the car's on fire. How many cars did you say Carvana had? Visit Carvana.com to shop thousands of cars for under $20,000. We'll drive you happy at Carvana. Like uh, fucking typing on Twitter with one hand on their cock. When Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. Clubs, clubs, clubs. The Different Knock, an Arsenal podcast. But what made you so sure that this was the best place and this was the right decision for you? It's Arsenal, you know. It's, ugh, come on, it's Arsenal. Welcome back oh, to... He He's written it down. An Arsenal podcast with Alexander Maddie-Penny and my very good friend... Bradley Adams. Hello, mate. Hello, sir. How are you? Hello. I'm good. How are you? How are you, friend? I think, basically, at the beginning of podcasts, people should just go, are you so not good that you can't do the podcast? Because imagine imagine someone be like, how are you? Be like, yeah, yeah do you know what? Actually, it's been a really... My dad died. And it's been a really tough week. Um, I'm losing the house. The hamster passed away. <laughs> Um, the wife's left me. Um, I can't afford my mortgage. Yeah, price of living. Um, Rishi Sunak registered his website last December, ready for Rishi, meaning he had planned this all along. So um, political state of the country is terrible. And then you just carried on the podcast. It's never going to happen. So I think basically we should just scrap anyone saying, how are you? What do you, what, what do you think of that? Is that, some, is that a, a, a slight on your English sensibilities, Brad? I'm always going to ask you how you are, mainly because just because I want to, I want to, I want to confirm that you're okay, Alex. But we've also I, spoken I like off air. This is I the know, problem. I with know. Po- but this, but but it would be jarring if you started a podcast like, "Hello, right?" So, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I think that's the thing. It's it's part of the performance per se. It's part of the maybe we should. It's part. It's part of the. It's part of the structure because whilst we have said hello, it's also like a, an exchanging of pleasantries with the viewers. How are you, viewer? How are you, listener? Are you okay? Maybe we should change it to uh, how are you, listener? But then they can't reply. Do you know what I mean? So it's it's maybe hope you're good, listener. Because that is... Hope you're good, listeners. Yeah. Yeah. That'll work. I'll try and remember for next time. Anyway, what a pointless introduction. Hello, everyone. I hope (laughs) you're doing well. Hope you enjoyed Arsenal. (laughs) Hope you're good. There you go. Uh, Hope you're good. Hope you enjoyed Arsenal's 5-3 drubbing of the Giants, FC Nuremberg. Um, Just quick note before we get into it. Uh, Obviously, there are uh, allegations around a Premier League football player. They will not be discussed this episode. Uh, There's a brilliant athletic article which I would recommend you go and read. It's called What We Can and Cannot Report When a Footballer is Arrested. It clears up exactly what should be being reported at the moment, what's going on, the sort of legal processes. If you're interested, go and have a read. I think it's a really good summation of what we can and can't say as a fan base, not just us on any kind of platform. So, um, yeah, we won't be talking about that. I hope you understand. We will be talking, though, about Arsenal's epic win and Gabriel Jesus's epic boner he gave me it was it was très intéressant it was it was just chef's kiss wasn't it it was chef's kiss Let, let's let's start with the game we'll come on to Jesus in a minute um ge- i mean general thoughts look preseason i feel it, i don't agree with the crowd who say preseason tells you nothing I, I don't agree with that. I just think it tells you a different set of things. And I think you've got to be open to it and, and, and open to interpreting different things from a different data set. And it's going to tell you and it's going to tell you a whole um, a whole other story. And I, I just think it's it's interesting to be open to that. And just sniff your armpit. I did. Something smells strange in my room and I didn't know if it was damp on this T-shirt. 
And it, but it's in like, it's, I don't know what it is. And it's, I was, I just smelt it and I was like, what the fuck is that smell? It was like a cartoon. No, it's not uh, really. It smells quite nice. Okay, that's good. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I think there's stuff to glean from it. I just think we have to be careful what it is. And I have some thoughts on players that I think shouldn't be too related to to fitness. I think some, sometimes they're just choice stuff. It's not really about their execution. Uh, it's stuff that I felt before. And, you know, you know uh, it's it's difficult to say because obviously they've been doing double sessions, et cetera, et cetera, in a different country. So we've got to temper everything. But yeah, I mean, thoughts on kind of approaching preseason in general? Uh, I think you... I think like you, I I don't think there's nothing to take from preseason, but I think you you can't judge too harshly. One, because like you say, they're doing double sessions. So they're gonna be shattered when they're going into this game in, in a way that during the during a league season they won't be. Um But I, I think that there is a lot to take. But the irony is for me, this preseason, the quote unquote a lot to take is things we already know. I think we are just seeing confirmation of a, of a lot of things to do with a lot of players currently in the in the setup. I don't think we're learning anything new other than seeing, you know, Nicola Pepe press consistently for the first time. Uh, a lot of it is is stuff that was happening in in 2020 that isn't a surprise because we were we were playing a lot of players from that era in a way that that still created those those same problems. So I, I, I don't think there's anything new to take from it, not because there's nothing to take from pre-season, but because we've already seen it. This is, this is a story that's been tried, tested and told over the course of a season and a half when we were not looking good back in, in the trenches of, you know, second and third lockdowns and, and eighth placed finishes again, you know? Yeah, I, I, I think there's there's something to be said for it. I mean, let, let's let's start looking at player performances because I don't entirely agree with that. I think it's interesting to see players in new contexts, and p- perhaps it reveals old um, issues at times. But it also has clarified a lot of stuff for me. Um, let's let's just go through the team because it's probably it's probably best. Uh, Matt Turner. Not the greatest start for him. That first goal especially looked really dodgy. I mean, we never got a camera angle to see how much view of the ball he had. I think he looked nervous to me. Um, But the first thing he did was interesting. The first thing I saw him do was uh, get the ball back and hit a relatively accurate ball out to the right wing. I think it was the Nicola Pepe, which is what we used to do quite a lot. Um, It's the first thing we do every time we kick off, which uh, I think it probably serves two functions get us up the pitch, hopefully win a second ball, hopefully catch them unsighted, but also to get the, the keeper a, a touch because I think that's important. You don't want the first touch for a keeper to be picking out of its, um, picking it out of the, uh, their own net. So I had a theory about Turner that basically it was a similar thing to Ramsdale where we saw some good shots, shot-stopping abilities, which he's athletic and he's agile. And I think we will see that. Um, and there's an adjustment period and he, he's going through that at the moment. But I think his his long passing is basically what we're looking for, and I saw a couple of decent long passes. So I'm I'm perhaps it's a bit of confirmation bias there, but I I feel less. You know, there's people going, oh, we've got Tina Turner in goal. I want to say people, I mean Lee Gunner. You know, sort of. You know, we've got we've signed an absolute dud after one game, and then the same people will say Jesus has scored whatever in preseason. Who cares? You know, it's preseason, so it's it's just all narrative, isn't it? But. Yeah, I, I thought Turner was was fine. I thought he was fine. Yeah, and one good thing is he's whilst nervous, seemed to have a good amount of confidence coming out, claiming balls, um, coming into his area. I think one thing that um, has always been a problem for Leno is his posi- he's always positioned a bit too far back to then receive. Um, whereas I feel Ramsdale and and Turner are, uh, from yesterday was a bit. They're a bit more front-footed in, in the, their just positional placement when when the opposition are there to press. So there isn't such a long distance for a centre back to pass to them. Yeah, um, it's it's early days, and also he. Was, I'm pretty sure he was playing in a system where they weren't. I I don't, I don't think they were prioritising passing out from the back. 
So this is going to be new and that's yeah. fine. And it's going to take some adjustment period. But I, I think he will be a fine and serviceable option. Um, and if he isn't, he didn't cost a, a great deal of money. Mm. So. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right in terms of he looked more front-footed. I think, yeah, I mean, as we come on to, to the defence, I mean, Pablo Mari, I think I tweeted out saying something like, you know, if you... If- Pablo Mari in a high line is like trying to build a house with a ballpoint pen. It's 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 just not going to work. He hasn't got the pace and he 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 can't play a high line. Obviously, then he's leading Rule Walters, who by the way looked pretty good. Um, no real problem with that. Um, he, you know, he's he's he, he you can't play a high line. So then we get this sort of U shaped, um, not you know the kind of football we were basically playing in twenty twenty, which is fine, but. It's just not what we need anymore. And as I said uh, earlier on, you know, in new contexts, when we've seen Ben White and Gabrielle able to push up, able to squeeze the pitch, I mean, we're, we can we can just play that five, ten yards further up the pitch. It, uh-huh. it makes such a big difference. The fullbacks then have a bit more freedom. They can invert whatever. Bayern and Tierney can't really do that. So we just lost loads and loads of dynamics. And of course we did because it's different people. Do you know what I mean? So, so there's no, there's yeah. no real, there's no, you know, there's no sort of great problem there. Um, Look, Pablo Mari is Pablo Mari. He is a st- big, strong guy, but gets caught out positionally. Um, can't play a high line. Um, looks isn't a the most aware. Times, isn't the most aware. But he was a left-footed centre-back that we could get in that January window. I wouldn't have given him the contract, but who knows what was going on there. Um, and we know what we know. You know, it's 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 only revealing, and this is what I, why I'd slightly disagree with what you said earlier. I don't think we're learning necessarily anything new. I just think the things that we're seeing are 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 more and more clarified, um, and his 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 deficiencies are more and more obvious um, than they were before, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, I just think it, it, it clarifies what we're what we're doing with that. But yeah, I mean, thoughts on the back four in general. Bayern had a decent game. Fine. I, I do have something on Bayern actually as well, just before um you go. He always plays the space contracting pass. And what I mean by that is when he picks up the ball, he he can't really drive inside. It's sort of similar to Granite Jacket in in the sometimes you've got to picture players on the on the on the field and imagine how they receive it the way their body opens up and where they're looking to play. And Bering just doesn't have, you imagine that Charlie Patino turning circle that we'll come on to later on. He doesn't have that. And therefore he's limited in his options. And he always plays the ball straight down the line. It invites pressure or he plays the ball straight back to his centre-back. You know, you imagine, you remember him playing the ball down the line to Pepe or Saka, whoever it was, and sort of, you know, behind closed doors and then back to Rob Holding. It's that. And then the opposition just, just come on to you that extra couple of yards he's a real sort of press inviter and while he can combine you know half decently in the final third um yeah not for me not for me anymore um i the difficulty is 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 it is you talk about um secondary options uh and i think for for us it's between whether we keep cedric or keep bellerin i think one of them will go this summer and I I don't know. I th- I think whilst I agree that he, he does play those types of passes, I think that he's a bit more athletic. He's a bit bigger. I feel like as a secondary option, I'd prefer Hector Bellerin, who has, is coming back from a full season of playing football than, than Cedric Suarez with... Because one thing that Cedric does is occasionally he'll just lose the ability to think and he will sprint like uh, it was the it was the Newcastle game I think or uh, or what game was it I don't know maybe the Spurs but there's game a moment where Saka yeah where Saka has it on the right hand side and and he sprints off trying to make a breakaway when we're penned in and then Saka loses the ball and we concede and that I think is something that is a real detriment to him as a footballer and that we we can't afford to have around anymore. And whilst I think Bellerin is absolutely not what we need technically, um, he's not what we, he isn't what we need moving forward, but I think he might be a better second option for one season than 
Cedric. But to tailor that, Cedric can also invert on the left-hand side and played a beautiful crossfield ball that if Tierney had played or Ben White had played, Arsenal Twitter, you said, would be going absolutely mental over. So I think there are positives and negatives to both players and it might come down to who you can sell and who you can't. Because if we if we literally can't get an offer for Bellerin, but we can get a £5 million offer for Cedric, better to sell one player and get them off and get the wages off the books and then let the other go for free at the end of the season, at the end of his contract, then then, then have to keep both of them around. What's that Darth Sidious quote? I'm going to change it slightly. Your your hatred for Cedric blinds you. <laughs> I slightly disagree. I, I think what, what Cedric offers us is more what we need. And what I mean by that, I think he's better or as good combining. I think he's he is better agree. in tight spaces than Bayerin. I think he has more balls. I think he can play both sides. I agree uh, Bellerin's more athletic. I think probably hashtag for the culture Bayerin might be a more um, useful option there. I think I'd have to see a little bit more. I, I think I just, Bellerin is a bit smarter. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Think, I'd I do agree with that. I'd agree with that. Bellerin's a bit that. more switch, switched on. I'd agree with that. And sunny sunny days at the Emirates, I'd pick Cedric and sort of a way to, you know, <laughs> Selhurst Park. You know, if if Tommy Esu can't play, I'd probably play Bellerin. So, um, yeah. But on on balance, if we're picking between. You know, it's sort of, you know, it's it's not it's not too not too perfect options, is it? So so it's on a knife's edge, it, and I think it then does become about who you can shift out, because we we can't we can't be going into the season with with fucking eight right backs. We're going to need to get rid of a few of them, and if somebody is in for Cedric and no one is in for Bellerin, then you because we know that we are going to get rid of both of them eventually, and that the likelihood is next season you will see us bring in a different option at right back. You have to just sell the one that you can sell and, and you know, kind of hope that Tommy Asu has a very full season. And, and also this, this, is, this is taking away from the fact that we know that William Saliba can play out there, that, that Ben White can play out there if necessary. So we can keep Bellerin and not even play him. We can keep Cedric and not even play him, but we have we we are going to have to get rid of one of them that we can get an offer for, and I I really don't know which one it is. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, I, and I, I wouldn't know either. Uh, I guess it all depends on the market. Uh, we should move on because we've got about four hundred players left. So, <laughs> uh, Tierney, the, on- the rest of the back, yeah, the rest of the back line. I, I, Tierney, I think looked unbelievably unfit but even then was was sloppy on the ball giving away a lot um you know for the first goal he he gives the ball away with a with a loose pass into I think Reese Nelson and then is jogging back and we we concede um which I think is a sign of his fitness more than anything because he's not the kind that would be a bit lackadaisical but again I think it shows that seeing as we looked better when Cedric came on the pitch. It definitely shows that we need to layer on top in this position. We need to get another quality left back in as soon as possible. Yeah, I, I agree. I just thought he looked sloppy. When he's fitter, there's a conversation, mate. There really is. Um, Lukonga looked decent, smooth player, mate. He he. I love how he receives it and I love the positions he picks up. I I, I do think he's probably slightly more suited further forward. I did see quite a funny tweet that says something along the lines of, is Laconga a six or is it racism? <laughs> I was like, it's not a bad shout that he's this sort of, you know, we see him as this six because he's because uh, he's a person of colour. And I, I don't I don't know whether that's uh, kind of blinding me because uh, I do think there's a kind of stereotype that, you know, tall, leggy players and that, uh, like him are, are going to play as, as sixes. I like him. I just like where I like his qualities. I don't know exactly where they're going to go, but um, we'll see. I think positionally, he's played the six a lot, especially at Andelect. You know, yeah. So I, like I, I think I like whilst yeah, whilst whilst 
I, I, I understand what you're saying. I, I don't think that's the case. He's played a lot of minutes there across his career. That's the position that he was playing when we bought him from Anderlecht. Whilst somebody is good, he's definitely still good as an eight. I do just think moving forward, you look at the way that he receives, you look at the the types of passes that he plays. He, I think he is well suited to play at six. Um, obviously, he still has a lot to learn to play at six by himself. But so does anyone. It's one of the harder positions to play in football, that lone pivot. So, mm. Not convinced. Not convinced. Maitland-Niles fine dragged out a little bit positionally but we, yeah i can't have a, we can't have a half an hour discussion on every player so i don't have much to offer on him fine him, i just don't think he, just don't think he cares just just nelson um i'd get rid yes but but also i said this to you yesterday and i look if you watch nelson he's got this thing where he wherever he picks up the ball it's wrong <laughs> It looks wrong. He Saka always seems to pick up the ball in an area where he can drive into space. He always seems to pick up the ball where he's not square onto the defender, where he's got an angle, he's got a run on them, either on their right or their left. He can combine with someone in the inside. Nelson just doesn't have that. He runs, he 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 doesn't run across uh, the face of the goal when he should. He he doesn't make the run inside when he shouldn't, as he does when he shouldn't. It just feels like it's not quite working for him. And I think there's talent there. When he's on the ball, I don't see a problem. But I just, he needs to be told where to stand a bit more. And I'm not sure that's Arsenal. So I think it's uh, it's an RIP there. Um, mm-hmm. Smithrow, fine. Getting his fitness. Pepe, pressing. <laughs> what? what? I think he's in the shop window. What? Mate. What? Yeah. I think he's in the shop window. I uh, I wouldn't worry too much about that one. Cedric, we talked about Gabriel looked really good when he came on. I thought he looked like the senior player. Um, Regrowing pa- his hairline. To Pablo Mari. Yeah, him and Rob Holding have, uh, have uh, had some time together. <laughs> um, yeah, looks good. I uh, looks like the senior player. He's He just he just keeps it simple. He, he really does. Mm-hmm. And and it's no... It's no he's a much better player. passer. He, he's a much better passer than people think. And Definitely. people give him credit for. Definitely. And he, I think he... He's someone that's going to sort of, I think I've said this before, he's someone who's going to quietly develop, really quietly develop. You never come out of a game saying, what a great Gabriel performance. You know, a couple of people might say, you know, you might see great performance from Gabriel today if he has a particularly good game, but you never, you know, out of a season or out of a sort of period of time, there's no sort of, you know, you know, you remember the sort of conversations around Xhaka when he had like, you know, six decent games in a row. It's like, you know, there's no real praise in that sense. I think he goes under the radar quite a lot. But I think he is starting to really step up. And, you know, he's into his, what was he, third season at Arsenal. He's 24, I think. You know, he... 24, 25. Yeah, 24. Yeah, turns 25 in December. So, you know, he's getting he's to that. He's 24 till he's 25. Very good. Uh, you know, he's. I think he's starting to look, look a little bit um, more like a man and more like a, a serious defender, which is only good for us. Mohamed Elneny... Oh, oh! What a he nearly screamer. got two. What he nearly got a two. Screamer! It was one of those where I was watching, and I couldn't stop smiling after he scored. I it love was, it. I love it. it. And do you know what, mate? He looked really good. And look, it's FC Nuremberg. We're in. You know, it's pre-season. All of the caveats. Sure, I'm not. I'm not pretending this is Liverpool away in the final Premier League match. It's not that. It's just it's just that there's a I think there's an air of surety around him now. Whether that's that new deal, I think he feels valued at the club. He comes on and he starts talking, mate. He starts he starts telling people where to stand in that midfield. And he's he's not the quality that we need in terms of, you know, if he's still here in three years' time, you know, I've got serious questions. But as a as a player who can come on and do what he did yesterday, there's no problem there. There's absolutely no problem. And you know, Supposedly, he is absolutely adored around the club. And I think people underestimate because what we watch is 90 minutes. That's what we see. And actually, to create a good cult, you know, it's it's like that guy at work who you know is not very good at his job, but like always brings in donuts and like is sort of, you know, is really nice and like is the sort of guy you want to chat to at the pub. And when he turns up, I was like, hey, like, you know, he's not, you know, he doesn't do his work on time, but 
having people there like that is of value and i don't i don't want to put it above anything you know anywhere near the sort of technical level uh importance and all that sort of stuff but you know having players who can bridge that gap are senior internationals have been around the block a couple of times and Mohamed Elneny is by no means this dreadful player just that he's not a top level player and we know that and that's fine yep I got nothing else to add Charles Patino woof half hour cameo um I love is him is he left footed or right footed I don't know mate I don't know I love him I absolutely love him. He he, and it's yeah, what it is. I do. But people, I'm sorry. People need to stop talking and over intellect, like, in, like intellectualizing or whatever the fucking word is. Footballers, like the tweets that I have seen about yeah, this kid, are, are 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 a joke. <laughs> it's it's little Nikki. 16 year olds Name trying them. to sound smart. At them. It's At them. fucking EBL 2017 <laughs> and. No new thing or whatever they are, like uh, fucking typing on Twitter with one hand on their cock, like fucking just, <laughs> I, it, it, just stop, just stop because you don't sound smart. You sound like a prick. You sound like it, like oh, he's got the lapalza in him, and like oh, fuck off, just fuck off. He's a good player, all right. He's young, but it like just oh, honestly, it spun, spun my head. All right, Tony Pulis. Um yeah, what I find funny about those accounts is every time they talk about a player, they just say elite technical level. It's the same stuff comes out every time. I do, I do think there is some decent analysis in there. But they you, say everything or and nothing. Yeah, there's some decent analysis there. I think you know you can you can glean what you glean from it. But I'm saying glean. Do I mean gl- gleam with an M? Is is like um, when something's shiny? I am saying glean. Yes, I, I was doubting myself for a second there. Um, uh, what was going to say? Yeah, you can take something from that, but I, I, I do, I do agree that they, they often go over the top. But I did think Patina had a great game yesterday. His off the ball movement is superb. He is constantly moving. Go on. I don't even have the words to describe the differential quality he just showed in 30 minutes with his touches, passes, ball carrying and absolute deft movements in the pockets. He looks like a 27-year-old veteran. No, he doesn't. He looks like an 18-year-old kid playing a good game of football. Just have a day off. Honestly. Honestly. He's like a tap dancer gliding across the pitch who wouldn't leave footprints in the snow. Just, you're a cunt. That's it. Honestly, <laughs> to be fair, I saw someone comparing to Iniesta. I was like, guys, please calm down. <laughs> please go outside. Gideon Gideon Zelalem used to run run fucking rings around like Vietnam war heroes when we were in in the US on on a pre season tour. It, like, what are we talking about? Yeah, it was a great nab. <laughs> Sometimes Brad basically verbatim says, says tweets and hopes I won't notice. Um, no, no, I always know you'll notice. Mate, mate I'm, I'm refreshing that that feed all day, mate. Um, yeah, <clears throat> look, very good player. Um, great turning circle, as I said, movement into the pockets, lovely. Turns really well, really smooth, plays it either foot, can spot a pass, any kind of angles. Look, just a really good midfielder. And similar to Lokonga in that I don't know where he's best suited. I think it I probably depends on his defensive acumen and um and in terms and how of his how body he, fills out yeah and how his body develops and stuff and, and his athleticism but but just he's got good qualities so who cares yeah. do you know what I mean all you need in the midfield is someone who can hold on to it and not lose the ball really <laughs> you know what I mean so um Uladum Hand trying a bit hard looked for me. nervous yeah, yeah. looked uh, like he was trying to do something he stood on the ball a couple of times like accidentally and then like sort of Tried to get it back, but didn't really have the physical ability to actually get it back. Um, mm. Martinelli looked great, mate. Yeah, he got that woof. He got that dog in that him. Dog in him. <laughs> he got that dog in him. <laughs> dog in him. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, that's man, that's no, that's it. That's the only analysis we need. Yeah, onto he, onto somebody else. He got that he got dog. That dog. He got that dog. That's what people come for. 
You got that dog. Um, Balogun. I just don't know what he is. A good player. No, no, you know, good player. Clearly got the qualities. You're going to get a five-year deal from Mikel Arteta if you, if you haven't got the technical level. But I just don't know what he is. I just, I'm, I'm looking at him like, are you a sort of inside forwardy type? Or are you, he's not a winger. Are you a sort of, you're not Jesus, let me tell you that. We'll come on to him. Are you a sort of get in the box poachery type? I just, I, I don't know what, he just sort of seems to receive it, pop it off, run around a bit and go off. <laughs> just, I don't know what it is. I don't, I don't see it, but um Look, you know, no, you know, he's clearly highly rated, and I have no issues there. Um, yeah, Marquinhos looked at the level, looked at the level. So good spot from mm-hmm. Arsenal. Um, what was it, seven mil? His pressing, mate. No, if no, can... no, no, no. It was like three million. It was three. It wasn't even seven. It was three mil. What are you doing, defending Edu, mate? What are you doing? <laughs> um, we could yeah. have, we could we could have had him for free. It was out of contract. We just wanted to give Sao Paulo some money because we're we're nice people. Uh, the yeah, uh, pressing mate. He looked energetic, and if we've got some, mm. if he can come on, if he sticks around, and if he can be, I think he, his pressing was a little bit erratic. It was kind of he was chasing the ball a little bit, but if he can be coached a bit more, if he can develop a little bit more, calm down a little bit, I think. 60 minutes mate 65 minutes he could be a real asset and I'm not you know I don't know what his his ball strike is like I don't know what he's like in the in the final third really but that energy oh, Jesus mate it's it's there's something to play with there so yeah we played a sort of 3-5-2 Alex some some might say he got, he got that, that dog, dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, some might say that uh We'll come to our sort of striking partnership. Eddie Nketiah, I mean, he's playing with an unbelievable amount of confidence. Um, mm-hmm. He looks really good. I think it's sometimes easy to forget he's, he's still 23 because he's been around so long. I think if we'd signed Eddie Nketiah this summer, and as in not to a new deal, as in from somewhere else, and we saw that performance yesterday, we'd be thinking, okay, we've got something here. There's a 23-year-old, something to prove. Looks very confident, very sharp on the ball. Um, really lovely left foot shot from a tight angle that basically causes the goal. Um, and I think I, I think I said to you before, I heard post-game in Mikel's interview, he said something along the lines of, we're going to use that two. Or it wasn't quite that, but it was something like, we've got that now, that two. So I wonder whether we'll see that a bit more with Jesus and Nketiah, perhaps later on in games. Um, we, we must... We've left. We've left the best till last. Gabriel, wait, wait. is it? Is it? Wait, is it a hundred percent last? He is last. Yeah, I, mean, I can't quote, but I mean, whatever. Hey, hey, you're <laughs> listening. Sorry, Arthur. Love you, mate. Gabriel, Jesus. I think it's Jesus. Jesus. I don't know. I don't care. To say. I don't care. There's only one thing don't, to say. No, we can't just say every Brazilian's got that dog. <laughs> he got that dog in him. <laughs> South American player. He's got that dog. Um, oh, look, God. mate. Jesus Christ. Do you, do you know what it is? It, I, that, that, that wasn't even intentional, Jesus. Um, yeah. Look, he, his turn and spin will win us games. That's how good it is. The way he receives it into feet, turns around and, and gets his shot off, that will win us football matches this season. It will win us three or four football matches this season. I absolutely guarantee you that. He is, he looked elite. Now, of course, all the caveats, I'm not, I can't be bothered to re-caveat them. Of course, it's preseason. I know. He, his running, his intensity, his ability to spot situations before, you know, look at that first goal. He can see the space. He runs forward. He cuts in. He doesn't. He he sees. Uh, I can't remember who gives him the ball back. I think it's Sambi. He he spots that opportunity before anyone else. Gets around the outside. Bodies his defender. Absolutely wallops it in the in the wasn't quite top bins, but right in the roof of the net. He's running the channels. He's picking it up out wide. He's 
he's his technical level, the way he receives it, the way he pops it off, the positions he picks up picks it up. We've got a striker, mate. We've got a number nine who can mm-hmm. score mm-hmm. goals. And then he comes off the pitch and is a very humble, seemingly very thoughtful team member. I think for yep. I, 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 I think that forty five mil, mate, will look more and more and more um like a bargain. Um and it's this he's, team. He's so good. This is he's the thing. So good. It's in this team. He's he he is exactly what we need. He's someone who can play through the thirds. He can and he's got the energy. Remember that whole conversation we had about Lacazette last season where he can only do one side of the job. He can either drop and then he gets left on the on the center circle, or he can get in behind and finish it off occasionally. But he sort of does half a job both times and he can't do the full job. Jesus can do mm-hmm. everything. He really can. Yep. It's like a fancy him. <laughs> You're gassed, mate. You're gassed. Honestly, mate. Um, yeah. He's he's unreal. He's unreal. Honestly, I am... Um, there's just there's just something about him. It feels like this is his moment to explode. And I it's just one thing to note as well. The own goals are caused by him. Own goals often don't just come out of nowhere. They come out of teams being put in situations, right? If the fir- if the first defender doesn't try and kick the ball away and it ends up in the back of the net, Gabby is there to head it in. And secondly, if the other def- if Gabby isn't pressuring the other defender for the second own goal, he's got to tap it. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. it's it's just it's I didn't re- I didn't realize how much we needed a strike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw a- <laughs> until you know. I saw a tweet from, I think it was Clive uh, from the Arsenal Vision podcast and it was something along the lines of like, um, you don't realise how hungry you are until you're eating and you're like, oh, that's the perfect analogy. I mean, we've been starved. We've been playing with 10 men, basically. And having someone who who can move, who can dip and dive, who can get in behind, who can drop, who can facilitate who can create who can do all of the things you want a number nine to do and you know what that header as well i think it, yeah he he is it the header that that hits the bar and it goes in off somewhere i can't remember what it was i i said this in my analysis video on him on youtube it's not about height i think i i think i'm being converted from the idea of a tall forward i still i'd still like that i'm not saying i wouldn't and I, if it came I'd, I'd welcome it but it's about his movement. It's about him creating a moment of separation, seeing the opportunity. That's the most important thing. You know, guy's not very tall, but it's about the movement and about the, the the delivery on the cross. And there's two from both sides, one from Marquinhos, one from Martinelli. They're clearly being told, look, get the ball into him and he'll he'll pick out a nice bit of movement. And when he watches someone out on the wing, he slightly drags himself back to then move forward. So then he's got the momentum and he can use the flight of the ball. He can use the pace on the ball to just guide it home. And look, if he leaves in two years time for 70 mil to Real Madrid, so be it. But let's just enjoy him while we got him. And also he's one of those players, you know, remember like Alexis Sanchez, you're a bit like, you are comfortably the best player of this team. <laughs> like, and it must be a big ego boost for him. Must be because, you know, he's looking around and going, I am the guy. Obviously, and that and look, Saka. I'm not Saka isn't as good as Jesus. I'm sorry, but he could be. Saka Martinelli Jesus is a ridiculous front three. It's ridiculous. So I'm 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 so excited. I'm so excited. Jesus Christ! <laughs> it's gonna be beautiful, mate. It's gonna be beautiful, right? So get off this wank fest. What was that guy's name? Hand worker. Hilarious. Uh, we'll see you after this. Weddings are a celebration of finding the perfect fit. And with Indochino, you can design a custom suit made to your measurements. Go to indochino.com and use code podcast for 10% off any order of $3.99 or more. 
Welcome back, and thank you to those of you who support us on Patreon, on patreon.com forward slash diffknock. You get access to ad-free versions of the post-game, preview, and TDK Short Podcast for just £3 a month, but the most important part is you are supporting the podcast, YouTube, and more for the, less, uh, the price of less than a coffee a month, and helping us grow. It really would mean the world. Speaking of coffee, for one-time support, head to buymeacoffee.com forward slash diffknock, where you can... Buy me a coffee. Coffee. The links are in the show description. Um, no major new transfer situations. I said that really slowly. What's your read on the Telemans thing? Um, I think we're just trying to slow pay it till the end of the to the end of the window to get them to lower their asking price, basically. I think they know that they've got a year left on his deal. Maybe they're asking for 35. We only want to pay 25. <laughs> Bless you. Thanks. And we're... Apparently, it's also come out that he wants Arsenal. That's the club that he wants to come to, apparently. So maybe we know that and we're trying to get the price down. So we're just... We were slow playing it uh, up until a point, but things seem to have have reunited, uh, reignited quite recently. So maybe, well, we've decided that slip, to that slip of the tongue might be relevant because I think if uh, yeah, I think if another club came in for him, someone like United, Newcastle, or Manchester, I think we'd probably move. I think this one kind of depends on a lot of stuff. I wonder whether they are going to take a look at Charlie Patino in preseason. I wonder whether they are going to see if it depends on Xhaka. I wonder if it depends on where our budget goes, whether they see that as the most important thing. I mm-hmm. think I think basically everyone everyone wants that centre mid position just done. Okay, we've got Erdegaard, we've got, you know, whoever we're gonna have at six, we're gonna we're gonna have someone in the left eight who we buy, bish bash bosh, it's done. I don't think that's how it's going to work. I think we'll see a lot, unless Tielemans comes in, I think we'll see a, I, my suspicion is that there's too many variables for the Tielemans thing to happen anytime soon. And by the end of the window, we might be going, mm, and it might be that we go, look, United are willing to pay 35 million. We're not right now. That's my f- gut feeling. I, I, I can't see Tielemans playing for us, but I'm happy for that to be clipped up when I'm wrong. It does seem strange for us to do a lot of work on it and then not pull the trigger, is what I'm saying. So I think we might see Vieira there. I think we might see Erdegaard play there. I think we'll see Xhaka there, Patino there, Sambi there. I think we've got a lot of... Smith-Rowe, we'll mate. Smith-Rowe, I think we'll see Saka there. There's a lot of players who can play in that left eight. There really are. Smith-Rowe, I don't see it right eight. Saka, I don't see it right eight. Xhaka, I don't see it right eight. Sambi, I don't see it right, right eight. I think there's a lot of scope for chopping and changing that position depending on what we want. So I'm not sure on the Tillemans deal. I think if we wanted it to happen, it would it would happen. You know, why are we haggling over five million when we pay Sao Paulo three million for for the for the, to, to, to keep them sweet, you know? I don't see it as that. I see it that we've got that as an option. Depending on what happens, we go for him. My read is that we probably won't. I think also there's something that most Arsenal fans um, aren't considering right now. And that is the depth of work still need to be done on outgoings. We could survive another season with the options that we have and then look to bring in a, a, a left-sided eight next summer. But for example, I mean, it looks like Leno has gone to Fulham and that's why he didn't play yesterday because we didn't want to risk injury. Yes. Um, We've still got to get Nelson out, Runison out, possibly one of Cedric or Bellerin out, Maitland-Niles out, Pablo Mari out, Pepe out, Torreira out. And then I think if we saw Tillemans come in, we'd be looking at getting Xhaka out. Unless, obviously, certain situations denote certain things. Um. But that's 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 like ten players. That's how many have I just read? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, 
eight, that's nine players that Arsenal have still got to get out of the club. And whilst that is definitely achievable to a, to a certain degree, if we are, you know, I just, I, I think that, for example, I think we'll bring in a forward no matter, uh, pretty much no matter what, because I think we'll get Pepe out. I don't think that'll be a problem. He's a PK winger who's performed well in the Premier League. Not the season just gone, but the season before he had like 10 goals and five assists. Like he will, we will be able to get him to a club. It's the Maitland Nazis and the Terreras that. <laughs> Sorry. Get- so we'll be able to get him to a club. Dum, dum, dum. So yeah, I could just still here next season. <laughs> yeah, um, I, 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 what I think is going to happen is we'll get in a left back, and I think that that uh, that will be the next kind of port call. We'll get in a left back. Looked like it was going to be Lissandro Martinez. Apparently, he's off to United now. Fine, we've been linked with this Grimaldo uh, guy. I'm not so sure about that. Not so sure about that. No, but anyway, go. On. We've been linked to this. I think we'll get in somebody to play left back and we'll loan out Nuno Tavares because there's been um, there's been interest there for a loan. So I think that's quite a straight squad swap. Whereas I think we now, other than that, won't see any business done until we can get a large amount of outgoings done. That's my read. And I think if we wanted Tielemans as a priority, I think it would have happened. I think it's dependent on a load of stuff happening and I don't see it all happening. Do you see what I mean? And and it all depends on the window and there's so there's too many variables for this deal to happen. Jesus, we needed a striker. We wanted Jesus. We go out and get him. That's simple as mm-hmm. that. So that's what happened early in the window. We needed someone else to, 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 to come in for those number eight positions. We got Fabio Vieira. We needed a backup goalkeeper because Leno's going. We got him and Marquinhos is a different type of deal. Those are the priorities. Then we're starting to look around and go, okay, how do we shift shift players on? And it's also interesting, as you say, to see who didn't play yesterday. Rob Holding wasn't involved. I think he is in Germany. Wasn't involved. Interesting. Is, yeah. Um, You know, look, we got five registered goalkeepers in the first team. Runison's got to go. Conquo's got to go on loan. Leno's got to go. You know, there's, there's, you know, and you go through Bayerin, Holding question marks, Tavares question marks, Pablo Mari question marks, Maitland Nile. You know, we could go through the whole team, Torreira, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, and I think basically, and it's also squad registration. We've got to start looking at, you know, the limits on the actual players we can actually bring in. So I think we'll have to see some outgoings before any shifts, maybe one more without any outgoings. It looks like that's starting to happen, you know, sort of whispers around Maitland-Niles and Forrest and all sorts of stuff. I also, I think with the left eight, now I could be reading too much into this and forgive me. Bakayo Saka and Emil Smith-Rowe have always been registered as midfielders on the Arsenal website. That could be a complete coincidence, but I just feel like we might see them more on the interior this season. I think they might... I'm not saying they'll play every minute there. I just think, for example, there might be a Europa League game where... And and Smith Rowe was an interior yesterday, wasn't he? So Mm -hmm. I have a feeling that uh, tonight's going to be a good night. No, I have a feeling that we might see them shift around a bit. I disagree on Saka. I disagree on Saka. Because I I just think that there are so many midfielders already eating up minutes, even with the Europa League and other competitions, that and and we don't have a vast amount of forwards. Like we're not it's we've got we've got a good amount, but we're not don't. But say for example, it's looked like we were pushing hard for Rafinha, that deal's not gonna get done. We're now going for Zagrova, and I'd now like your scout report on him, please. Um, Never heard of him before. <laughs> yes, but look, you know, it looks like we're still pushing for a forward. If we got that forward, we're looking at Jesus, Martinelli, and Ketia, potentially Balogun staying, Marquinhos plus one more, and it's not like Saka can't play there, and Smithrow can't play there. I'm just saying that 
I don't see it panning out exactly that Saka will play right wing for the rest of his Arsenal career. I just I just don't see that happening. So maybe not for the rest of his Arsenal career, but you look at it right now and there's possibly one or two right wingers in the league better than him. I I I don't I you don't broke what you don't broke what break what's already fixed. You you're like what? <laughs> don't, don't break it. Like do you, what's the phrase? If it ain't broke, it ain't don't, broke fix don't fix it. Don't fix it. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Fuck it hell. That took just a while. Saw, just saw your brain buffer. <laughs> yeah, like the the literal fucking apple wheel, the colourful <laughs> wheel just started turning in my head. Yeah, if it's not broken, don't don't try and fuck with it. Saka is one of the top two or three right wingers in the Premier League right now. Don't remove that from... We don't want to be changing too much. He played right wing the whole of last season with a striker that has no hamstrings, that his legs don't work and nearly dragged us to top four. I, I, I just wouldn't be messing with it. Uh, and also because, because I think what I, what seems to be the case and what I'm seeing a lot of in the way that we set up is we like the almost inward symmetry of having right footers on the left and left footers on the right. I think there's something that we must, especially in the midfield and forward areas, we must like the angles that it creates because we're talking about being linked to Tillemans for that left eight spot, Smithrow becoming an interior on the left-hand side, Martinelli and Smithrow on that left wing. I think there's something there. And then I look at the right-hand eight and I go, Erdegaard, Fabio Vieira, possibly Charlie Patino. What... And then I look at right wing slash right midfield and I go, Saka. But that's, even if we bought somebody in, I don't think they replace Saka. I think you're on the right path. I just think, as in, in terms of we're wanting left wing, uh, uh, left foot players on the right and right foot players on the left. And if you look at Rafinha, that's what he is. And if you look at Jigarova, as much as I understand about him, that's what he is. So the links that are popping up, if we can read into them at all, are that we're looking for similar players to Saka, mm-hmm. which is probably how we want to play out there. And and I'm to be clear, I'm not saying that Bakayo Saka won't play right wing this year. I think he'll play the majority of his minutes at right wing. I'm just making the point that what, I think he will come inside at points. And then I think considering the other options we have there, I just don't think the Tielemans thing will be a priority. I don't see it happening. Yeah, so, I, so. I also I th- don't think it'll be a priority because I think we've got too much business to get out. I don't think we'll let Xhaka go this summer unless we can get... Xhaka will be the last sale sanctioned and that will be the sale that allows Attilamans to come in. And before yeah. that happens, we need to somehow get nine players out of the club. Yeah, it might be a deadline you know, day situation. It will be, it'll be, a, it'll be last minute situation or pre-contractual agreement in, in January because not like... Even in even when when do clubs get ten nine to ten players out? And these aren't just like random youngsters and squad options. Like these are players that have played significant minutes for Arsenal across different periods. Like yeah, it's, so you want to get you want to get good fees for them, and and that's not going to be easy. It's 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 all it's that thing of you know this is why Liverpool are getting fucking fifteen mil for Nico Williams. Because they don't need to sell. That's the point. And everyone misses this. Oh, we're such shit sellers. It's like if you go to a car boot sale and and you've got a sign saying everything must go and you don't have a car to take home because someone's just selling that as well, you've got to get rid of everything. <laughs> that That's what it is. So people will start lowballing you. That's what it is. They know we don't have a car to drive home and they know we've got it. We've got an everything must go sale. So mm-hmm. they're not. we're not going to get the prices that we think we're going to get. Look, what is it? 10 mil, 15 mil for Leno to Fulham. Great deal. Great deal. One year left on his on his deal. Good for all parties. Works for Fulham. Works for Leno. Works for Arsenal. Bang. See you later, mate. Thanks for the memories. So we've got to, we've got to try and get those deals in, but that's not going to be easy, especially at, on the 9th of July. <laughs> we've got to remember where we are as well. It's the 9th of July. So look, we'll, we'll see on that one. I... I just think basically people people expect, in general, I'd say, people expect us to go into the new season playing exactly how we played in the last season. And what they want is comfortable little options going, right, well, we've got a right winger, we've got a left winger, we need two players in every position. They will only ever play there. That's it. I can stick them on FIFA. They'll all grow in terms of potential 
and we've got a lovely team that I don't have to worry about. That is not ha- going to happen. <laughs> there will be players playing in positions that we don't expect this season. There will be players playing in different ways. We'll set up in different ways. I wonder whether we'll see more of a 3-5-2 this season. I think I think other clubs are going to shift too. I, I, I'm wondering what City are going to do next season with, Ho- uh, with Haaland and... Uh, Alvarez and Calvin Phillips. I wonder whether they're going to go to a two in the midfield system. I I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. But my point is that football never stands still. Mm-hmm. So what we did last season is not going to be what we did this season. So people are going, where's Lissandro Martinez going to play? He's all going to play centre-back. Yeah, well, don't worry about it, mate. He'll probably play left-back. Might be an inverted player. Might play at six. Just wait and see. Wait and see, yeah. and 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 don't and don't get so caught up in these situations where people go. We need left eight. Well, calm down. Wait, wait till the wait, wait till the first 10, 10 games of the season. See how we're doing, and if there's a gap there, there's a gap there, and that's a problem. And, the, and they should have got it sorted. I think one thing as well is the reason that we are in the situation that we are in with ten players to get out is this is something that we have consistently done, and that is bought before we've sold. We've bought before there's space. We've bought so many players in so many positions before there was even a space for them in the squad. And what that then does is that weakens your hand when it comes to selling them because people know that you need to get rid of them. We need to get rid of these eight, nine players before the beginning of the season because they won't be registered. The likelihood is, is they will not be registered. So I, th- I th- yeah, I think that's a, a good bit of a, it's a good point. And we we've needed to, <laughs> do you know what I mean? If we if we were waiting to sell players before we buy, with this team we'd be sat in six, seventh, eight, mate. You know, if you look at the squad three years ago, we've had to do that. That's why the sales are not mm-hmm. been good. We've got a couple of decent sales, but it's really not been good sales wise. But you have to understand, as you say, the the cards we're playing with, and and accept that. I think as the Cronkies have accepted in terms of assets, we've completely mismanaged it. And asset mis- mismanagement. People think it can be sorted out in one summer. It, it can't. It really cannot. It, 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 it takes a lot, five, six years to get yourself back to a situation where you've got a team full of players that you actually want. You've got a team full of players that are on decent contracts. You've got a team full of players that are healthy and playing well. You know, I also looked at, um, there was a brilliant graph this week from Scott Willis where uh, Arsenal, Arsenal's team was uh, compared squad age compared to peak ages by position. And mate, all of the red dots are before that peak. All of them, pretty much, apart from, you know, the the likes of, you know, Lacazette and Aubameyang when it was last season. They've gone. Uh, Cedric Suarez is, is you know, past his peak if he, ever, if he ever had one. There's a couple of players. Leno, but he's going. Xhaka probably going. Elneny going within a year. So, you know, we are, we're pushing for a different type of squad as well. And that just takes time. It takes time. So it's frustrating, but we've uh, got to get there. Final thing for today, Bradley. Um, salutations, good lucks, and um, a bit of sadness as Jack Wilshere retires from football. Mm-hmm. Supposedly taking over as the under-18s coach at Arsenal. Wish him well. Wish him well. I think... I was talking about this with my friend Andy yesterday. Players... I think we think of players, basically, that come through at that age and play that well. If they don't win a Ballon d'Or, they've failed. And I think, one, that players don't think like that. I think, for example, we were talking about Paul Pogba. He's won the World Cup. He's won league titles in, in at Juventus. He's won the Europa League. He's won, a, I think he won the another couple of trophies with United. He's been paid an absolute bomb. He'll play for France at the next couple of tournaments. He'll probably go back to Juventus and maybe have a decent run of the Champions League. And these guys have a very short career. So he'll want to be paid. I think he's actually taking a pay cut to go to Juventus. He'll, and he want, and that shows you, he wants to be happy. And I think we he was think offered of... 14, 14 million euros to stay at United, which was his, um, his, which was basically just an extension offer. It was the salary that he was on. He's taken 8 million euros to go back to Juventus. Right. So that shows you that players, they they want to be happy. They want to enjoy their football. They want to enjoy their lives. Not everything is going to be optimised for them to be 
you don't get a Ronaldo mentality in every single player. And Wilshire, and that's a kind of mentality point, but Wilshire did not have a disappointing career. Man played hundreds of games for Arsenal, played for England, won a couple of cups, played around the world, and now we'll go into coaching. He didn't do what everyone expected him to do. But I think what happens in these situations is basically people go, oh, well, absolute flop of a career, uh, shit, you know, injuries derailed him, what could have been, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah, there's a there's a part of me that goes, Wilshire probably could have gone and should have gone further and further in the game. But also don't project this idea to me. I, I think he's had an amazing career. I think it devalues what he's done to say, mm-hmm. well, his whole career is is defunct because he didn't win a Ballon d'Or. It's like not every player is going to do that. And ultimately, he's got to 30. No. He feels like his body's breaking down and he goes, I don't want to play anymore. And fair play to him. And I hope he's successful he's a successful multi-millionaire. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? He's a multi, he's a, <laughs> a multi-multi-millionaire. It's a it's job. It's a job. And at the end of the day, you, 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 we, we define success so weirdly in this sport. Playing for Norwich City and getting promoted from the championship and relegated from the Premier League every season of your career, just flip-flopping. Say you do that for 20 years. That is a higher level of success than most people will ever achieve in their lives in their chosen profession and field. This man is is at the pinnacle of football at points. And and yep. then and then you consider okay, Jack Wilshire went and played for for a, what, a decade for Arsenal, hundreds of appearances, won two FA Cups. Harry Kane might finish his career with no silverware and is regarded as Tottenham's best ever export. Might might never win a cup, let alone a Premier League or a Champions League or whatever. Success is defined so weirdly in this sport. And I think it comes from a generation of people who are used to playing FIFA and winning things on there and whatever. And But like, even just playing in the Premier League and keeping at the pinnacle level for 12, 13 years is, is just is is the most success that you could yeah. ever really achieve. It's unbelievable. Uh, you're right. And I think people project basically what, what they would do. So, well, if I was a player, you're not though. <laughs> no, you're not, Steve. You're, you're sat on your ass at home on Twitter. You're not a professional football player and it's a job. And Wilshire's had, a, had difficult periods by his own admission, but he's also had an incredible career. Okay, it didn't... Mm-hmm didn't pan out how people expected it to but that's so, in, a, in a way it's like, so what he had a great career played at a great level earned a lot of money and now hopefully go on to coaching it sounds like he's got a you know at 30 years old he's getting an under 18s coaching job at arsenal i don't care who you are that's incredible even if you're fucking lionel messi that's incredible so you know good luck to him and and fair play to him bradley we've just got time for a little bit of arsenal trivia Last time out, I asked you, the theme was online fans. And I asked you the name of the guy who was interviewed on the opening day of the 13-14 season on AFTV to kick it all off, who said, just got off the plane from Ecuador. About Santa Cazola. You should be ashamed of yourself, Cazidis. Isn't his name like Chris? It's Chris what? I wanted his full name. You wanted his full name? I don't know. I'll give you half a point. Chris Hudson. That's it. Chris Fuck. Hudson. Chris Hudson. You should and be to yourself, Kazutis. I'll be asking for a theme in a second, Brad. So just because uh, you always I have forget one, that. Don't worry. Oh, there you go. Uh, the theme for this week was Arsenal transfer sagas. And the question is this. Who does Yanam Veer now play for? <laughs> Who does perennially linked... Defensive midfielder Jan Umvia play for? Okay. That is the question. Bradley, can I have a theme for next week, please? Uh, we have to celebrate Jack Wilsh's career, so I would like a question about Jack. Lovely stuff. Look, long way to go in the window. Um, lots I'm also of... not worried. I'm, no. Like, uh, this is one of the most exciting times for an Arsenal fan. You know, I was chatting to you over text this the other day. With these nine players that we've got to get out, even if we get half respectable fees, like, 
that that that's that that covers the business that we've already done and could do like immensely. Yeah. Like you're talking about Arsenal have the opportunity to bring bring in over a hundred million pounds. Like, if we can get that done, this is an unbelievably exciting time. Don't get too stressed that things aren't can't happening. If Yuri Tillemans was that good, we would sign him and accept the fact that there are some people that are just going to end up leaving on a free and go out on loan. There is a reason that we haven't. He isn't generational. There are other players that will be suited. Patience is now the game. We've done the deals we needed to do. Now we need to play the game and wait the window out. Yep. Yep. And if we thought Lissandro Martinez was the guy, we'd pay 60 million and get it done. So, you know, we just got to wait and there's talent out there. There is always another player. There is always another player. So let's not get attached to names. Um, we also, you know, <laughs> have to be careful what we say. Unexpected things happen in football. Unexpected things. And we've got to respond. Nothing is nothing is for certain. Nothing is guaranteed. Um, and it may be that we have a whole new look come the beginning of the season. So let's just enjoy the journey. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Not stress too much. All right, Brad. All right, I will mate. see you next time. Thanks as always for listening. Yes. Keep it different, knock, and we will see you later. Peace. Thank you so much for listening to the Different Knock and Arsenal podcast. Please hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you're using. If you'd like to support the Different Knock, you can find us on Patreon and BuyMeACoffee.com. We're on all social media at Diffknock. Thanks. Sports Social Podcast Network.